0: Uh, again, I uh, would like to thank you for joining us uh, here in our service this morning at GBC. Uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit uh, sad to be here by myself. Well, not by myself, but Brother Jesse is here with me. But, you know, not to have in-person worship uh, again. Uh, you know, our leadership, uh, again, has decided that we should do this uh, to. Uh, protect uh, and it's the best for our congregation really uh, to protect people from getting uh, you know infected Uh, I know it feels like we're backpedaling a little bit uh, but we have to trust uh, that God has a purpose uh, for why this is happening again uh, and also trust um, you know that sooner or later uh, by God's grace uh, and timing that this pandemic will You know, will end. Uh, So, my goal uh, this morning, uh, given this this situation that we're in, uh, is to encourage everyone to continue to live by faith uh, in the faithfulness of God, despite our current situation and the seemingly fearful and uncertain future we have in front of us. Uh, There are uh, news out there talking about a new variant of this virus, uh, a mixture of the Omicron and the, uh, the, the variant, the D-variant, and, you know, it, it's got people into some kind of, a, you know, uh, panic mode again, hopefully. Uh, you know, as Christians, we, uh, you know, we, we learn how to navigate this kind of news, uh, this kind of situations by faith. we uh, Hopefully that's what you've been doing uh, this past couple of years and uh, hopefully we can continue to do that. Um, And uh, the way we're going to do that, the way we're going to look at this situation and hopefully uh, continue to live by faith instead of living in fear, uh, is to look at the life of the Apostle Peter. Uh, And the Peter that I'm talking about is the disciple who uh, acts first and think second. Uh, I don't know if you know that, Peter. Uh, Peter is the guy that, you know, he's, he's gung-ho. He's always, uh, you know, uh, before he, he, he doesn't think before he acts. Uh, uh, so that's the Peter that I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about the disciple who was full of confidence uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ when he said to Christ that you are the Christ. Uh, when Jesus asked them, who do you think I am? Peter was the one who said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, in Matthew 16, 16. It's the same disciple that uh, confidently and convincingly said to Jesus, uh, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. Uh, He said that in Matthew 26, verse 35. Uh, Now, unfortunately, it's the same Peter, who a few hours later would do the exact opposite, uh, you know, of what he said to Jesus, uh, and ended up denying Jesus three times uh, in our text in Matthew 26, 69 to 72. So at that point of denial, what do you think happened to Peter? Uh, Because before that, before denying Christ, he was the one who knew Christ to be the Son of the Living God. He was the one who would die for the Lord Jesus Christ. So what do you think happened to Peter at the point of his denial uh, of Christ? Uh, Well, um, I think fear. Uh, Fear is what happened to Peter uh, when he began to deny Christ three times before the rooster crowed. Uh, And like Peter, we too will react the same way when filled with the wrong kind of fear. Uh, Now why do I say that? What do I mean by that? Well, first let's define what fear is. Uh, According to an article on VeryWellMind.com, and I quote, Uh, Fear is a natural, powerful, and primitive human emotion. It involves a universal biochemical response as well as a high individual emotional response. Fear alerts us to the presence of danger or threat of harm, whether that danger is physical or psychological. Uh, If you think about it and if you research it, there are many kinds of fear. Uh, Some fears come from real present threats Uh, And some come from imagined dangers. Uh, Fear also can be a symptom of some mental health condition, uh, which includes panic disorder, social anxiety disorder, phobias, and uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. Uh, Now, biblically, uh, fear is designed by God as a warning agent to keep us away from dangerous things. We can even consider fear as a gift. It's a gift from God to help us avoid things that will harm us. Uh, There's an article from designgod.org that says this about fear. And I quote, God created fear to help keep us free. He meant it to protect us from all manner of real harm so we can remain as free as possible to live in the joy He intended. So when, you, when you think about that, the biblical definition of fear, <clears throat> fear by itself is not bad. <clears throat> right? But after the fall, after the fall of man to sin, fear, like everything else created by God, was broken by sin. Uh, to the point that, you know, nowadays we begin to fear things that we shouldn't fear, uh, and we end up not fearing things that we should fear. So there are things nowadays that we fear, that we shouldn't fear. And then there are things that we don't fear, that we should. Uh, Number one is God, right? Um, And that's because of sin that broke, that is God's design for fear. Uh, And because of that, uh, if you think about it, those who are labeled fearless are often the ones who end up in bad situations. Why? Because God designed fear to keep you away from those. But since sin broke fear, um, these people who should be afraid of certain things are now not afraid of these things. And therefore, they put themselves in bad situations. Like, uh, Namely, who are these people? Namely, daredevils or thrill seekers, if you think about those guys. Uh, People who jump off airplanes and those who take... Uh, the unnecessary risks uh, those are people who are said to be fearless they're also the ones who are prone to die because of their fearlessness uh, because fear has been skewed it's been broken to a point where it's supposed to protect you from those things that will cause you harm instead people jump into those things fearlessly that will cause them harm and they, they end up being harmed um uh, so, what happened to fear? Uh, why did and how did sin break fear? Why are there daredevils? Why are there people who take unnecessary risk out of fearlessness? Uh, check out what Jesus talks about uh, in Luke uh, about fear. Luke 12, 4 to 5. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Uh, According to the same article on DesireofGod.org, because of sin, God's design for fear has been distorted. So that description of fear that Jesus gave us in Luke has been distorted by sin. And our fears are now disordered and disproportionate. So, um, because of sin, again, we fear things that we shouldn't. And we don't fear things that we should. Uh, They're disordered and disproportionate. Uh, Again, what does that mean? Uh, Well, I think disordered fear is what happened to Peter during the trial of Jesus. Jesus. Uh, Because Peter had a different picture of who Jesus was in his mind. Uh, The way things looked like during the trial of Jesus filled him with fear. Remember, this is the Peter that said, Jesus, you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. He has that picture of Christ in his mind. The the Son of the living God, the Messiah, the Christ. If If he's picturing Jesus like that, he's definitely not picturing Jesus being captured and killed and crucified. So when these things have started happening in front of him, so uh, the picture in his head is not happening in reality. What happened to Peter? He was filled with fear. Uh, again, if Jesus says or is who he says he is or he was, then this should not be happening right now as far as Peter is concerned. So when he's looking at this, oh, Jesus got captured. He, they're, they're, they're spitting at him. They're They're, they're slapping him. They're uh, you know, hitting him with uh, sticks, and they're putting all this—the crown of thorns around—all these things ha- have a different, you know, uh, reality as far as Peter is concerned, because his reality is Jesus was the Son of the Living God. He's, he's supposed to be the Messiah. He's not supposed to go out this way. So when all these things started happening, he um, he started to fear, right? In the same way, uh, that's, in the same way we uh, we question God's goodness when faced with tragedy and tribulations. Um, why? Because all of a sudden, uh, the things that are happening is not the way we pictured it. Uh, we think that sometimes we think that you know God is good; He won't let this happen to me. Uh, but it is, and when it's happening, uh, fear sets in. Uh, And when fear sets in, it causes us to do three things that we see, uh, that we also see in the case of Peter. Uh, So let's take up these three things very quickly. Uh, They all start with the letter F. Okay? Um, So what happened if Peter wants fear set in? First, uh, fear causes us to freeze. That's the first thing. Fear causes us to freeze. Or, in other words, when, we, when fear has set in our hearts and our minds, we freeze. We, we do nothing. Right? As far as Peter is concerned, uh, he was just hours away from cutting the ear off of a soldier who was arresting Jesus. Remember the story, right? Jesus was being arrested in the garden. Peter was the first one to defend him and cut off the, the ear of one of the soldiers. He wasn't afraid at that point, obviously, because he caused action on his part to protect Jesus, even in the face of death. But fast forward into the courtyard, Um, this wasn't a soldier confronting him. It was a servant girl in the courtyard who confronted him. And all he could do was nothing, uh, except for saying, I don't know what you mean. He didn't even address the question properly. The question to him uh, at that point was this: Servant girl came up to him and said, "You also were with Jesus the Galilean." And Peter said, "I don't even know. What you, I don't know what you mean." Froze. Peter froze. So that's the first thing that. Fear causes us to to do, uh, for us to freeze. I remember when we were still in youth and we were do, uh, doing camping. Um, at night, we would play uh, games in the dark, and uh, uh, one of those games was to, you know, scare our friends. And uh, we would hide in the bushes, and uh, when our friends uh, passed by, we would like you know scare them, uh, put the lights on them, and scare them. Most people. Uh, when they're scared, it's the flight or fight uh, response of a human, right? Uh, most people, when they're scared, they run, right? I don't know about you, but uh, you know, I hear something behind me trying to kill me, gunshots or something that scared me. I run, but some people, they freeze. They just stand there, not doing anything. Uh, and That's what happened to Peter here. It's like the, uh, it's like goats. I think it was. I think it's goats. When you scare them, they just freeze and play dead. That's what happened to Peter. He just froze because of fear. That's, number thing, that's the number one thing that uh, fear causes in us. It causes us to freeze. Number two, uh, fear causes us to become frustrated. F again. Fear causes us to become frustrated. Again, when Peter was confronted outside the courtyard, his responses became more and more aggressive because of the frustration. Check out uh, Matthew 70, or sorry, 26, 71-75. Uh, 71 it says And and when he went out to the entrance Another servant girl Saw him And she said to the bystanders This man was with Jesus of Nazareth And again he denied it This time with an oath First response was I don't know what you're talking about Next response Was with an oath I do not know the man Uh, So pretty much Promising I don't know, cross my heart, hope to die. I don't know this guy. Uh, And then after that, after a little while, the bystanders came up to uh, and said to Peter, certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. How did Peter react? 74. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear. He started cursing and swearing. Into, in the you know as a, as a response to the to the crowd saying I do not know this man So uh, the more people questioned him the more he became frustrated. the more he was confronted the more he became frustrated. that's what fear does. you uh, know I mean, have you ever had to meet a tight deadline uh, and, and you're running out of time? When fear of missing the deadline sets in, any little thing can annoy and frustrate you, right? And you usually take it out or you usually take out that frustration with anger and for some even violent anger, right? When you're, when you're, when you're trying to catch something and you're you're afraid of missing it, uh, like a deadline or up the bus or whatever, any little thing can frustrate you, Any like a stoplight can frustrate you your kids can frustrate you uh, any little distraction can frustrate you uh, and usually we take that out with anger uh, because of the frustration and that's what fear does to a person uh, even if that person is the most patient person uh, uh, you know a patient person filled with fear will become frustrated and will act out of character and that's what i think that's what happened to peter here in our text Uh, Again, this is the same man who hours before did not flinch at the threat of death in protecting Jesus, who was proud to be known as a follower of Christ, but now is becoming increasingly frustrated because of fear. I know some people, because of this pandemic, fear of the unknown, fear of uncertainty, fear of getting infected or whatever, have become so increasingly frustrated. uh, you know fear of being locked locked down again uh, people have become frustrated and have taken it out in different ways and again that's what fear does uh, so not only does it does fear cause us to freeze, it causes us to become frustrated and lastly uh, becoming increasingly. Frustrated because of fear, we tend to forget. That's the third. Fear causes us to forget. Uh, again, back to Matthew 26, verse 75. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Hmm. Because of fear, Peter forgot. Yeah. Peter forgot. Not, not just Forgot what Jesus prophesied that he was going to do. Forgot everything that he said before Jesus was arrested. I would die for you, Jesus. Uh, You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Forgot all of that uh, because of fear, right? Forgot the prophecy, forgot everything because of fear. Fear throws a cloud over our thoughts uh, and causes us to forget. Uh, forget what? Forget God's faithfulness and goodness. It causes us to forget God's promises. And most of all, it causes us to forget God's presence. Right? Fear causes us to forget God's presence. Uh, for example, when you're watching a scary movie. Uh, I like to watch scary movies. I don't know about you. I like to watch scary movies. But the reason why you're afraid, those of you who are afraid of when watching scary movies, is because you forget that God, and the truth is that God is omnipresent. And that God is the most powerful, most sovereign being in this universe. You tend to forget that and instead believe that that ghost or that, person killing everybody on the screen that you're watching is right behind you and is is, is actually going to grab you and and kill you and do some bad things to you. Right? That's the reason why you're so afraid um, or that's the reason why you forget about God. God's presence and His power is because of your fear. So ultimately... What fear does is it converts the object of our faith from God to whatever it is that you're afraid of. Say that again. What fear does is it converts the object of our faith from God to whatever it is that you're afraid of. To the point where you believe what you fear the most. That's true, right? For all of us. We believe, we tend to believe what we fear the most. If you fear the ghost in the screen, if you fear the the grudge, that's what you believe. Oh, the grudge is in my house. Right? You tend to believe what you fear the most. And I think when you read the Bible, it's full of reminders for us to fear the Lord. If we tend to believe what we fear the most, then the Bible tells us, okay, if that's the case, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Uh, And I'm going to expand on that. Uh, In in fact, when you look at the Bible, the Bible uses fear over 300 times when referring to God. Why do you think that is? Because the Bible is calling us to believe in God the most. Because again, who we believe has something to do with whom we fear. Uh, and I believe that when fear is reference to God, it is the same fear that Jesus talked about in Luke, uh, but from a different perspective. What do I mean by that? Fear of God, okay, is the same as, let's say, fear of the ocean or fear of a wild animal. Okay? It's similar to that. Uh, in the sense that both these things are a danger to your being. And if you don't see God that way, that He is a danger, that He can kill you, <laughs> uh, and not just kill you, but Jesus says, also, uh, you know, curse you to go to, to hell, then you don't know who God is. Uh, but that's that's God. God is to be, Jesus emphasized that fact, uh, the fear of God, uh, in what he can do after death in in Luke 12, right? So when it comes to fearing God, I think that the emphasis that Jesus is trying to, to make is the fact that God has power, that God is all powerful, but his power goes both ways. So, yes, God has the power and authority to cast into hell but also the power to protect and save. Where do I see that? Check out, the, the, check out Luke 12 again. Um, this time, let's, let's read all the way up to 7. Okay. So earlier we read up to 5. So let's read that again. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more that they can do, but I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who has killed. Kill, who after he has killed, has the authority to cast into hell. Yes, fear him. But look at what happened. Look at the verses after. Six. Not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God. Seven. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. And then it says, Fear not. <laughs> you are more value than many sparrows so from saying fear god to fear not what is jesus trying to point out in this passage uh, so the point the context of this whole passage is jesus encouraging his disciples to not be afraid of those men who are out to persecute them why because these people can only harm their physical bodies but Jesus said, "There is one who is more powerful. Instead, fear him. Right? Instead, fear him. There's a saying in Tagalog, right? Matakot ka sa buhay, wag Fear the living rather than the dead. Why? Because ghosts and all these they're not real." The living, the one who can break into your house and rob you and kill you, that's real. That's what Jesus is saying here. Don't fear these guys are out to persecute you because they can only harm you physically. There's someone who's more powerful who not only can cause physical harm but can also cast into hell. Has has the the power and the power you know, the authority to cast into hell. Instead, fear that guy. Uh, And then he goes into 6 and 7. So after saying that God is more powerful than those who mean to harm them physically, Jesus says in verses 6 and 7 that that all-powerful God is also sovereign. That even though some of the disciples will die, Jesus assured them, That God values their lives and that they will not be forgotten. What what does Jesus mean by that? I believe that he means that Jesus is saying here that the God who has authority over the soul, yes, has the power to condemn, but also has the power and grace to save and resurrect. Therefore, fear him more. Uh, And since we tend to believe what we fear the most, what Jesus is really saying here is that because God is that all-powerful, all-sovereign, all-mighty, trust in Him more. Believe in Him more. And I think that's what happened to Peter. After that denial, and then after Christ, after seeing Jesus on the shore, uh, jumping off the boat, remember this? When Jesus was resurrected, uh Peter jumped off the boat to see him on the shore and was forgiven. After that happened, what happened to Peter? Uh, Check out the book of Acts. Acts 4, 19-20. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. So the picture here in Acts 4 is that Peter, this time, was being tried by the Sanhedrin, the Jewish council. But instead of cowering in fear, Peter boldly proclaimed Christ. What happened to Peter? The last time he saw Peter, Jesus was in front of the Sanhedrin being tried. He wasn't the one being tried, but he was so afraid that when people asked him, aren't you with that guy, aren't you with Jesus, aren't you with Jesus, he denied him. Three times. This time, he's being tried. Peter is being tried. But what happened? He boldly proclaimed Christ. And again, what happened to Peter? Peter, Faith happened to Peter. This time, instead of being filled with fear, Peter was filled with faith. This meant that the object of his faith was on God. And what God can do Instead of on man and what man can do. Right? He wasn't afraid of these guys anymore. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, kill me. I fear God more. Means I believe God more. And therefore, I'm gonna say what I have to say. I'm gonna say what I want to say. Right? And much like fear, living by faith in God also has effects. What, what is the effect on Peter? Remember the effect of fear causes us to freeze, causes us to be frustrated, causes us to forget. Right? What about faith? What does faith? Uh, what effect does faith have on Peter and, and those of us who live by faith? First effect of faith is it causes fearlessness. There's an absence of the wrong fear. Okay? I'm not saying there's an absence of fear itself because at this point, Peter, in front of Sanhedrin, is not fearing men anymore, but he's fearing God. Remember, right? So, fearlessness doesn't mean there's no fear. It just means there's no wrong kind of fear. So, when Peter faces Sanhedrin, you would think that he will shrink again in fear, the wrong kind of fear, but because of faith... There was no fear, no fear of man. Instead, there was boldness. Check out uh, Acts 4, 1-13. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So what happened? They arrested them. Peter and John, and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. You see that? Because of their fearlessness, uh, 5,000 came to know and believe Christ. On the next day, the rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family and when they had set them in the midst they inquired by what power or what name do you do this or did you do this and then peter filled with the holy spirit said to them rulers of the people and elders if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man by what means this man has been healed 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Wow. Uneducated common men speaking the way they did astonished the leaders of the Sanhedrin, the leaders of the Jews. But what I want you to see there is a difference. With fear, being filled with fear, Peter froze. Being filled with faith, Peter was fearless and bold. You can even feel it in his responses. They were confident responses. They were sure. Because How can you tell? Because he was facing death at that point. So this leads us to the second effect of faith, which is freedom. Faith not only gives us fearlessness, but with fearlessness comes freedom. So no longer did the situation frustrate Peter, as before, with fear. Because of faith, he was free. Free from anxieties, free from frustration. And having been freed from these, he boldly proclaimed the gospel. Even at the risk of being labeled a blasphemer and certain death. Right? Because of faith, Peter was no longer frustrated. He was free from frustrations and he was able to say what he wanted to say. With no fear of consequences, no fear of death. He was just free. Uh, And I want you to notice uh, the final effect of faith. So not only does faith make us fearless, gives us freedom. What's the final effect of faith in a believer? Uh, You go back to Acts 4 verse 8. What does it say? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. And then he started his, his rant, so to speak. So where does the faith and confidence of Peter come from? That, being filled with the Holy Spirit. That kind of boldness in the face of death is supernatural because man is wired to flee from danger. Right? Men are wired to flee from danger so if that was Peter or if you if that was you in Peter's shoes and you didn't have faith you had fear you would deny Jesus right then and there because you know you're gonna get killed right and there's a time coming where we're all gonna be facing that kind of persecution just like the first century Christians did when it was uh when Nero was ruling Rome right There was a fear of certain death. You were going to get fed to the lions or you were going to be used as a human torch if you didn't uh, renounce Jesus as your Savior and God. But here, uh, Peter was filled with faith and the opposite happened. Right? How is that? If humans are wired to flee from danger, and if you were given fear to warn us of danger, what, what happened to Peter? Faith, again, faith happened to Peter. Because what faith does is the opposite. Faith enables a believer to face danger without fear because of the supernatural working of the Holy Spirit to provide everything we need to face and overcome our fears. Right? Remember, right fear causes your focus to be, to be solely towards the God of your faith. Right? That's the right kind of fear. The wrong kind of fear takes your focus away from God. It puts it on the things that you fear. And, and therefore, your faith follows. You believe what you fear the most. But the right kind of fear does the opposite. It focuses us on God. And when we're focused on God, what happens? We become fearless. Why? Because we have God on our side. We are more free. Why? Because we have God on our side. And we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, When that happens, there is danger, yes. But we face it with no fear. Because of the supernatural working of the Holy Spirit in us. So again, what the Holy Spirit in us does is to align our sight with our faith that is focused on God. So all we see, even in the midst of a bad situation, is the goodness and faithfulness of God to help us overcome. So instead of seeing things for how they looked, we see things by faith the way God sees them. Right? If our focus is on God that we begin to see things, reality, the way God sees them. And how does God see reality in this world? Well, for God, nothing in this earth, no matter how bad, phases Him. Because ultimately, His will will be done. Why? Because God can ultimately work all things, what? Romans 8.28, for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So when we see things His way by faith, hey, we can even rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Because what we see by faith in sufferings is another opportunity for God to show us His power to overcome suffering, pain, and even death. It it reverses the way we see the world. The right kind of fear reverses the way we see the world. So as a church, uh, what I wanted to do with this is to show you the relationship between fear and faith. Uh, At the same time, I want to encourage you to not live in fear of this pandemic or this new virus coming. There's going to be more. And we can't keep living in fear. We can't keep getting frustrated. Uh, We can't freeze. Uh, But we got to keep moving forward. We got to keep doing what we're supposed to do as a church. Let's not freeze up because of fear. Instead, by faith, let us find safer, better ways to accomplish our purpose as Christians and as a church. By faith support our leaders and the hard decisions that they're going to have to make going forward by faith as a congregation let's continue to move the gospel forward even in the face of this pandemic we can't just freeze we can't just stop because oh we're locked down again there's no in-person again, so I'm not going to attend the worship service. There's no in-person again. I don't want to attend the, the online stuff. It's, it's getting, I, got, I got online fatigue. By faith, let's keep going. So let me close with this quote from the article on DesiringGod.org. Uh, and I quote, Are we fearful? Do we find ourselves easily intimidated into silence or inaction or even outright denials? It is because we are seeing reality wrongly. We are blind to what God is actually doing. For if by the Spirit we see what God is doing in the spiritual realm, we would not stop speaking of what we have seen or heard. This is available to us. That's why God put these stories in the Bible. And it's why He has surrounded us with a great cloud of Christian witnesses throughout history. Let us ask God for freedom from unbelieving fear and a new boldness. Let's lay hold of Him until He grants our prayer. And let's not just ask. Let's begin to confront our fears by stepping out in faith and obediently trusting His promises. The provision of boldness is often given to the one willing to act in obedience. Mm. I pray that this will be our prayer for us as a church and as individuals. Let this be our prayer for the rest of this year and beyond. And again, uh, I only apply this to the pandemic because we're in a pandemic. Obviously, you can apply this when you're faced with fear when trying to share the gospel, when trying to evangelize, when trying to talk to a friend uh, who is an unbeliever, when trying to talk to a family member who's an unbeliever. There's always fear in that. But let not that fear control you. Let not that fear you know freeze you, frustrate you. But instead being filled by the Spirit, focus, refocus our fear to that of God and what He can do to save your friend, your family member, your loved one, a total stranger. Let that be us this year as individuals and as a church. So my question to you is, As I close, are you the Peter in Matthew 26 or are you Peter in Acts 4? Are you living by fear or are you living by faith? Please think about that. Please pray about it. And continue to pray um, for our church and our leaders. Amen. Let's pray. you and keep you, the Lord lift his countenance upon you, and give you peace. And give you peace. peace, and give you peace, the Lord make his face to shine upon you, and be great and be gracious,